They're funny, a panel of experts, goofy, and sometimes snarky. Randy, Amy, and Phil, mornings on Kwame and Company. And this is the Kwame and Company podcast. Welcome. This is podcast number nine. We're almost to double digits here on the podcast, and you wouldn't know it because we're still a little goofy. But that's okay. Like right now, Amy and Randy were going to join me, but they haven't yet, so... I mean, we're just starting out. We're just starting out. We'll see when they get here. Uh, something I wanted to uh, to bring up was uh, uh, three comedians describing their first jobs. They called them their earlier gigs, but yeah, we're talking first jobs. First one was uh, Chris Rock. Chris Rock says, I used to work at McDonald's making minimum wage. You know what that means when someone pays you minimum wage? You know what your boss was trying to say? Hey, if I could pay you less, I would, but it's against the law. <laughs> well, yeah, that kind of is what minimum wage is. <laughs> All right, here's another comedian. And I'm not aware of this comedian, Michelle Wolf. I don't know Michelle, but uh, Michelle says, and again, these are three comedians describing earlier gigs. I got fired from my last job. It was fair. I had stopped working. When they fired me, they called me to HR and they were like, Michelle, it seems like you're just not doing your job. And I was like, yeah, but for like nine months. So I think two of us haven't been doing our jobs. (laughs) Yeah, she just kind of stopped. All right. The final one, Zach uh, Galifianakis, the the guy that does that fake interview program between the two ferns, Zach, he says, I called a temp agency once. They were like, do you have any phone skills? I was like, I called you, didn't I? Ba-dum-bum. This job is a joke. Okay, well, this is the Kwame and Company podcast number 009. Oh, and, and uh, Amy just walked by. She'll be in in a little bit here. Uh, let's go back to Trillia to talk about our, our Bible of the month. Trillia Newbell is the author. It's actually not a, a Bible. It's a companion book for the Bible, 52 Weeks in the Word. Trillia, 91.5 and 102.7 the Word. We've been uh, going to learn Trillia Newbell this week. She's the author of 52 Weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year from uh, from uh, Moody Publishing. And uh, Trillia, thank you for, for spending time with us. Uh, how? Tell us about your story about getting to the place of, of teaching God's word, what kind of journey led you to this point? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I became a Christian at the age of 22. So I was a young adult and that I think kind of led me into this desire to know God's word. Yeah. And because I became a Christian as a young adult, I, I was pretty radically transformed. And so, and, and everyone's radically transformed, right? Any salvation story is a radical story. Um, however, I, so much of my life, just the trajectory of my life changed. Yeah. And I wanted people to know Jesus because someone shared with me. And that really is how it all started. It started when I was uh, young and eager to know this God I just gave my life to. And then I wanted to help other people know him too. Yeah. And, and, uh, 
what uh, how how is this being ex- expressed in your life now uh, what kind of things are you involved in your in your quest to uh, introduce Jesus to the world around you yeah well i do a lot of um writing and speaking and i'm involved in my local church so which is the of uh, probably the the most important uh part of my life and ministry. Um, And then of course I have two children that I get to share the good news with and disciple. And so I do things like I mentor people and then I again, write and speak. And I actually work for Moody Publishers. I work for the publisher um, and get to help other writers and speakers uh, share God's truth and encouragement to the world, which is an absolute joy and blast. And I'm on Moody Radio. Um, I host Living by Faith on Saturdays, and that is also a joy and a way for me to encourage um, listeners to engage in God's Word and grow in their faith. And that's uh, that. That content is also available as a podcast, right? Yes. So everything that I do, Fifty Two Weeks in the Word, has its own podcast. Oh, okay. Yes. So 52 Weeks in the Word is a podcast and a book and has all sorts of stuff. And then Living by Faith is on the radio. And you can learn more about that at livingbyfaithradio.org. And so those are two different things. But I do have, yeah, I have my hands in a few things and a few ways to get to encourage people to get in his word and to live their life um, by faith. Wow, you sound busy, Trillia, and just the the kid part of it is uh, oh, yeah. probably sucks a lot of life out of you. But I know uh, uh, we, so we so much encourage you, want to encourage you in what you're doing, and and uh, we we love your uh, content of fifty two weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a. Walleye Dan, The Stack of Stuff, A Morning Prayer, and Swirl Master 2000, all on Kwame and Company. All right. This is Kwame and Company podcast number 009, and so far it's just me and you, kid. I don't know. I don't know where Randy is. Uh, the volume's up in the newsroom. I'm not hearing anything, and Amy's uh, doing other more important stuff, but she'll be in eventually, and, and, and Randy will show up eventually. I've got some bottom-of-the-column news. Now, <laughs> and the whole concept with bottom-of-the-column news, they're not an important enough news story to make it to the top of the column. They're just used for filler, like in the newspaper where they need to even out the length of the columns. They throw in one of these babies. Now, this one is about public restrooms. And they say uh, public restrooms are a gamble on the best day. But in Columbus, Indiana, a discovery in the bathroom at the Mills Race Park raised the bar. David Lancaster, part of the cleaning crew, found a dead octopus in the toilet there on June 22nd with its long tentacles hanging out of the bowl. This is the moment when if Amy was here, she'd be going, Ugh! yeah. Uh, Fox 59, a TV news report, uh, reported that uh, Mark Jones, director of the park department, said he didn't know how the octopus had come to be in there, but uh, it had been removed. Okay, now that is pretty strange, isn't it? An octopus, an octopus in the restroom. I don't know. Could, do they have access to pipes? Could they somehow squeeze up backwards through the, well, I don't even want to think about that. 
Anyway, this is Kwame and Company podcast number 009. Let's get back to Trillia and talk more about 52 Weeks in the Word. 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. This is Kwame and Company. And all this week, we've had uh, Trillia Newbell with us, author of 52 Weeks in the Word uh, by um, uh, Moody Publishers. Uh, the subtitle, A Companion for Reading Through the Bible in a Year. Uh, Trillia, that, that's, uh, it's encouraging that you are encouraging folks to do that. How is the uh, how is your schedule laid out in fifty two weeks in the in the Word? Yes, so it is a read from Genesis to Revelation, so it's canonical, which means it's you read from the the beginning of the Bible all the way through to the end, and it is um, every day you read about two or three chapters, depending yeah. on the length of the chapter. And just start in Genesis 1 and go straight through. And so right now I am in the Proverbs and it's just, it's been a delight to get to read God's word and and join readers from all over the world who are doing this as well. So it's a lot of fun, but yes, it's just, um, and then it's set up where you're going to read six days, six days out of the week and then have a rest day. And that rest day can be catching up on reading. It can be go- going deeper into something that you've read that week, all sorts of ways to use it. I've mostly just kept reading. And um, so, yeah, that's that's how it is set up. Is it, it, Do you see that uh, people could use this and and compare notes. I mean, like like uh, oh, let's let's uh, do a group study and we'll we'll all go through this and as we go along, we'll we'll uh, get together every week or so and and swap stories. Yes, and a lot of people are using it, using it that way, and whole churches are reading through the scriptures together through it, which I have found to be just remarkable and encouraging. Yeah. Um, but yes, I I have lots of people who have told me that their mom and that they are going with uh, through it together, or they have a small group of women who, and who are doing it or a men's group who are walking through it and talking together about the scripture. I uh, heard of one person who every morning they text each other just to tell, tell uh, each other what they're learning or what they're doing in the word. And so I just love that. I, there's so many different ways to encourage and keep people reading and, it's just, it's a joy. Earlier this week, I, I mentioned that American Bible study or uh, society, American Bible society study of why people have a hard time staying involved with the Bible. And one of them was uh, the Bible was uh, originally written to be read together. And we focus so much on individual study that when you lose that together part, it's like you take a whole chunk off of how the Bible can be used, like that, that we're, we're meant to share together our different life experiences in reflection of the Bible. It is true. I, I think a lot of our faith in general has become individualized. So where it's about me and Jesus, and that's about it. Yeah. But if you look at the scriptures, it's very communal. Everything, they're in community. You, you that's, Hebrews 10 tells us not to neglect meeting with one another. And yeah. so there's urging and uh, to be a part of a group when we're learning and studying and reading God's word. And so it isn't, um, I could see why people often stop reading because it's so often um, this individual thing, but 
Um, but it is important that as an individual, you are reading God's word, but it, but you can do that um, by communicating what you're reading with other people or meeting together. So there's so many different ways for us to engage God's word, God's word as a community. Um, it just takes a lot of effort and I think it's worth it. Yeah, uh, Trillia Newbell is our guest and her book is 52 Weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. Oh, the, the, one of the Sunday school curriculum I really enjoy is, um, and now I'm trying to, oh yeah, David C. Cook, The Big God Story, because it's the same kind of thing for, for kids, and it, it does take four years to get to get through their whole curriculum, but they start in Genesis and they go to Revelation every year, so the kids get that context of this is part of the whole big God story. This isn't just, you know, um, Abraham and the kids get confused. You mean Lincoln? You know, they, they, right. they, don't, they don't have any context. So I think it's important to give them the overall, uh, um, or try to give them a, an overarching view as well, even as kids. Oh, a hundred percent. I think kids, um, it's the it's a great time, and especially if we're to be discipling, teaching, to go and make disciples of all nations, yeah. teaching them to obey everything that God commanded. Well, children, we should be starting with, and I um that's actually why I've written children's books because it's important to me that children uh, know God's word, know God, understand theology, and they can if they can do geometry they can read God's word. Right. And so, yeah, we don't often, I think we um, shortchange or shortcut our, our kids or, or think that they need to have entertainment yeah. to learn, but they don't. We just need to teach God's word. And so I do, I think that's really good that there are so many curricula, curriculum out there that teaches from all books of the Bible, like the whole book of the Bible and not just a Bible story. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we, we under, we undersell to kids sometimes, you know, when, when you are teaching them Noah's Ark and you got the cutesy little picture with this huge giraffe head sticking out and, and, and the kids look at that and they, there's no way you could get all the animals on that. Instead of going in and uh, using the detail that the Bible includes on that story and many others of how big it was and how it was made and all the all the stuff that kids especially grade school kids thrive on that kind of thing yes absolutely and so i i i i have a a teenager who has read confessions by augustine so (laughs) yeah so which is huge and deep and but my my bigger point is is that we we don't challenge children i don't think enough yeah don't stunt their growth yeah yeah and there's but but in school they're they're getting challenged so i think we should we should give them the 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 meat give them feed them um pure spiritual milk we don't need to we don't have to give them crumbs (laughs) and they they can learn. They can, and so I I think that's a thing that we want to just make sure we're doing. And it starts in the home. I I don't want. I think. Okay, how can I say this? I'm very grateful for children's ministries and for youth groups and all of those things. But parents, I want to encourage you. It really starts with us. Yeah. And if we're not engaging 
our children, we should not um, assume or uh, push all that responsibility onto the church. Right. We and so that's something that I think is is also a a, a challenge for us. And but it's a responsibility. I am my kids' first discipler, <laughs> and right. if I'm not discipling them, it's going to. Um, well, they may, they may get it or they may not. And so it's important for us if, as we're learning the word, uh, that we're also engaging our children in the word. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important for them to see you studying and reading the the Bible straight through, but then we've got to figure out ways to draw them along with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, this, you're, you're so refreshing. Thank you for, for spending time with us this week. And and let me let me try to get the web stuff again because I'm usually terrible at this. So it's at Trillion Newbell, your name dot com. That's that's the overall website, right? That's the best place to find me. Okay, and then if you uh, uh, livingbyfaith.org is the radio program. It's livingbyfaithradio.org. Okay, radio.org. All right, and the podcast is fifty two weeks in the word. And, and what that's else? It. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yep. So we're, wherever podcasts are distributed, you can plug in 52 Weeks in the Word and it'll pop up somehow. It, to me, it's still kind of magic how that works. I agree. I, I think the whole, I think all of this is magic. Right now, <laughs> you and I speaking, I think is magic. I just, I'm not very technical. It's amazing to me that who, the brain behind all of these things is just remarkable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, it lets us connect, and uh, I guess uh, we learned uh, during COVID that we need uh, as many ways as possible to connect, and this is one of them. And 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 th- so, thank you for. Uh, we'd love to talk again, and maybe we can talk about children's books next time. Oh, I'd love that. That'd be a joy. Thank you for having me. They've been awarded the most talented radio morning crew in America for three years in a row. But we couldn't afford them, so we have Kwame and Company on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. <laughs> First time we played that, Randy was, I, he told me later, he was thinking that, oh, I didn't know we had a guy. got an award of some, no, it wasn't, it wasn't us, Randy. It was, it was a joke. All right, this is Kwame and Company podcast number 009. And there's a story about a real diehard college football fan. Now, this is, it starts out kind of a serious story here. It comes from Rick in Centerville, Ohio. Rick says, my father was a diehard foot college football fan up until the very end. And when the end came, he was in a hospital bed surrounded by his children. It's a true story. At one point, the doctor entered the room, and you know how they gently point out, do you, do you want to resuscitate if your heart fails? My father shook his head and said, no, no, let me go. It's time. Let me go. Rick said, my sisters and I were there standing in silence, grasping the gravity of the situation. And then dad spoke up again and said, unless Ohio State is on TV, then bring me back. (laughs) One more football game. One more. Yeah. At least a couple of quarters. This is Kwame and Company podcast. Let's go. uh, Let's go back and and, uh, and hear more from... uh, uh, oh, oh no! This is a uh, new. Uh, this is uh, an interview Amy and I did with Charlotte Clay, 
at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention about the Museum of the Bible. Oh, here comes Amy now. Hi, Amy. Hi. I've been on my own here. Podcast oh. 009. Well, sorry. I was meeting with the boss. That's okay. I figured there was something <laughs> important going on. So uh, we're going to go into the interview that uh, you and I did with Charlotte Clay about the Museum of the Bible. Ooh. And the first section is about questions that I had, the normal questions <laughs> like, uh, you know, what kind of exhibits are at the Museum of the Bible? And then, and then you come back with, uh, what if my kid doesn't like old stuff? Or I forget what you said exactly, <laughs> Some, but it was some, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So, so let's get uh, Charlotte Clay with this first segment about the Museum of the Bible. 91.5 and 102.7, the word. This is Phil, and Amy's next to me. Hi, Amy. Hi, Phil. <laughs> and Charlotte Clay from the Museum of the Bible is with us. Charlotte, thanks for uh, talking to us here in Minnesota. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Well, the Museum of the Bible opened since, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on these things, 2017, yes. all right, in Washington. Uh, it's become one of the, the must-see destinations of the capital, especially for Christian families. Uh, you guys, you're really hitting it out of the park. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm happy to report we're a top 10 TripAdvisor attraction in Washington, D.C. Wow. this year. We're a photo's guide, best museum ranked in D.C. So while we're young, we're not even six years old yet. Yeah. Um, we're doing really well, and uh, we hope that you all in Minnesota will come check us out. Well, I, I was looking at you, the photos and the, you know all of the different aspects of the Museum of the Bible, and I got to thinking, how big is this place? Okay, it is 430,000 square feet, which is the equivalent of more than seven football fields wow. stacked. It's basically a full city block. You've got acreage. We have acreage. <laughs> so, one, I mean, when you come, you want to allow, if you can, a full day. If you really, really want to read everything, it would actually take you nine days to do the whole museum, watch every video, yeah. go through every piece of art, artifact or art. So allow, allow yourself a good chunk of time to really experience it and enjoy the acreage. <laughs> and it's a combination of permanent exhibits and ever-changing exhibits. Yes, that's right. So the museum is laid out with um, three floors that are, the first is the impact of the Bible. So exploring the Bible's influence on our nation's founding, on the government, um, on culture. We're exploring literature, all the connections hidden in plain sight yeah. that you don't think about every day that are there. And, and um, we're really um, very connected to the Bible. Then as you move up to the museum, our third floor, we call it our stories floor. That's where you can um, experience a beautiful recreation of a first century Nazareth village, complete with costumed actors as villagers. They will not break character. They'll tell you all about life in Nazareth in, in the first century. And then um, we also take you through an award-winning exhibit that is so immersive. It's the we call it the Hebrew Bible Experience 25-minute walkthrough that is so artistically done that it won a themed entertainment association award. So it's kind of a Disney Bible yeah. experience. So that's one thing I wanted to make sure you were all aware. If you're not a museum person, it's okay because there's some things that aren't just artifacts on those stories floors that are very immersive. We even have a ride, a flyover ride of, of seeing the biblical inscriptions that are all over Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. The top of the Washington Monument says Laos Deo or praise be to God. You know, almost every memorial monument, the Capitol, there's biblical inscriptions throughout. And it's a reminder of how important the Bible was to our founding fathers and this nation. Fantastic. 
And then for the history lovers, of course, we have a full floor dedicated to ancient artifacts, Bible translations, pieces of papyri that are so, so significant. They date back all the way to the second century. I mean, so it's just incredible. And then we have our temporary exhibits. And right now, um, and through the end of the year, you can view Scripture and Science, which is an incredible exhibit exploring those big questions. What makes me human? Who are we? What are we? You know, it's, it's incredible. And some of the objects, there's Galileo's personal handwritten notebooks, wow. the chalice that Buzz Aldrin took communion on the moon. Wow. So, I mean, I would really say that's worth a trip. Yeah. Beautiful exhibit. Um, a new exhibit in partnership with the Vatican Library that just opened. Elizabeth Elliot, you may know her story, Jim and Elizabeth Elliot, a beautiful exhibit with her story, their story, that is also available through the end of the year. That's fantastic. Yeah. And if you're just joining us, Charlotte Clay is with us. We're talking about the Museum of the Bible. We'll talk more with Charlotte. Amy has a whole list of questions, I know. Uh, but Charlotte, uh, how do people find out more and uh, maybe get some help in planning a trip? Oh, absolutely. Visit museumofthebible.org to plan your visit. And if you're on social media, go to Museum of the Bible Facebook, Museum of the Bible Instagram. Check us out there. We always have news events and fun facts, educational pieces of the Bible too. Excellent. Yeah. All right. We'll be back with Charlotte. Well, that's it for Podcast 009. You know what that means. You did the whole thing without me? Not all, the whole thing. <laughs> six, six sevenths, let's say. Oh, my goodness. I yeah. missed a lot. Well, Randy's going to miss the whole thing, apparently. All right. Well. But I don't have my cell phone today, so I can't get a hold of him. Sure. I, I, I wouldn't want to walk to the newsroom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, tomorrow or next time, we don't know when it is. Right. Well, okay, so 009 will be uploaded tomorrow, so next Tuesday. And this will be? Number 10. Double digits. Double digits. Yeah. We made it. Podcast 10. 010, I guess. <laughs> How yeah. everyone do it. Uh, and we'll finish our, our interview with uh, Charlotte Clay uh, and also get into pickleball. Okay. All right. Kwame and Company podcast. Uh, we'll see you on the radio at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning.